Good morning. Good, morning. Good. It's a wonderful day today. Uh, got up. My uh, my pain level's a little bit more touchy than it has been. It's uh, it's due to the weather. I, I blame it on the weather. I also blame it on gravity and uh, age. So uh, <laughs> so I spread it out through the whole area. But um, let me open in prayer. Uh, the topic today, of course, is joy. Uh, topic that I. Uh, try to take a handle of and to share with the church because I think we have a, okay. Okay, are we all set then? I didn't turn my, ah, there we go. Okay, so to share uh, my, uh, my thoughts on joy because I wanna bring it not only out there focus, but in here focus. And I've, I asked a couple of um, members of the church to, uh, to help me do this, and they have given their input. So let's, um, let's open in prayer. Father God, you are the father of joy. You are the creator. Lord, you stood by and out of joy, you created the, the, uh, the world, everything in it, Lord to reflect your glory. Lord, help us to understand in this few short words, this few short time, give me your words to, to help us understand joy and what it is you ask us to do and that it benefits us greatly. Be with me in my speech and my tongue and my thoughts. In Christ's name, amen. Well, we first of all have, yes, this is uh, my true confessions of the continual search for joy. Uh, that's me trying to struggle over joy for many times. Uh, me preparing for this week as well. I'm very thankful that uh, Bob did his sermon last week because it gave me the impetus to really seek, search scripture and reading and go forth. And um, so, let me start by presenting the fact that I am one of those people I'm representing as to why joy. And this goes back to the early 80s. And I was walking home one Sunday afternoon after becoming a, after being a Christian for a very short period of time, but walking home with my briefcase and in Dorchester at five o'clock in the afternoon when lo and behold, I heard footsteps behind me. And yes, I was, I stepped my pace up and so did the footsteps. And by the time I was not able to get to my house, uh, I was robbed. I was held up, claimed it was at gunpoint. Somebody had, uh, had their uh, hand in their pocket, but I noticed that there were some other weapons that they had in their hands as well. So uh, I did what any uh, right thinking person was, is take my briefcase. And then they said, well, okay, where's your, where, give me your uh, uh, checkbook. And I happened to have it because it was church and gave them a checkbook. And then they said, give me your, your London fog jacket, which Gail had just bought me for my birthday present. <laughs> and so here I am giving them everything. And I was angry. I was enraged, I was violated, upset, and asking, why me? It was a beautiful day. I, why me? So I went immediately dutifully home, called, it, called 911, uh, 
for some reason, they didn't understand clearly um, what I was saying. Uh, it was, uh, it, I had to spell words for them. And um, I waited over an hour and I called back and said, what's going on? They, oh, you, there is no 98 Harley Street. And I said, no, there isn't. There's a 28. That's the only number, only thing I never repeated. So they went to the wrong place. So then I'm dutifully violated because the police didn't understand. So I was really enraged. I just went into scripture and read until they came. And they did the same thing as usual. No, we can't help you with the things you lost. We'll take the information. And so I kind of said, okay. And as uh, he was finishing up, he says, however, he said, you're very fortunate. He says, we've already had several robberies and uh, you weren't shot at. So it's like, oh, interesting. I wasn't shot at. So I came up that night with a life verse. As I get my little, as a, with a life verse. And it was after I realized, why not me? All right? Why not me? I was, I was saved from any, a blessing of not being beaten or shot. So therefore, I came up with the, which way am I going? There it is. Ah, I was going back. All right. Is rejoice always. Pray continually. And all things, uh, circumstances, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That came to mind. And I locked in that with the next Bible I had. I labeled it on my front cover. Why not me? But be in joy. That set me off since that time for my continual study when I come up with joy, trying to understand joy. And the one thing you do need to understand is one thing in the Bible has always captured my attention. So is it possible to rejoice always? I would say at that point, no, <laughs> because you don't rejoice when something, you're not rejoicing because something happened to you, all right? It's Joy doesn't mean forcing happiness during a circumstance. That's not it. We can usually tell when somebody is trying to fake it to make it. And, but joy comes during the season. We're always going to. It is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Joy comes from choices. We know that in Galatians, love, joy, comes from the Spirit. So I decided, as always, check with Merriam-Webster Dictionary, you know, the big credit thing. And, you know, they come up with joy. And they have two specific uh, definitions they come with. And it's like the emotion evoked as being well-being, success, or good fortune. It's like expressing what one desires, a delight. It's... This is all man-centered. It's like, yeah, it's all, it's all emotions. And the other one is express of such emotion, all right? The state of happiness. But joy is not the state of, I think the third definition is better served in the biblical sense of what joy is. It is a source or cause of our delight. The nature of God is joy. He created, not out of need, not out of loneliness, but out of love and joy. He is a source and the cause 
of our delight. That's the one thing we need to know. God is joy. And the worst part about it is we're commanded to joy. All right? We are commanded to have joy. So here it goes. Jesus has said, if you keep my commandments, I will abide in you. In my love, I will abide, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things that I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Again, filling, filling every aspect. Keep the commandments and abide in the Lord's love. We always hear that. We're abiding in the vine in Christ. We need to continue to abide in the vine. And it's interesting that it's just not in the New Testament, but it starts in the Old Testament. And I've done this one, this uh, quote before. It's the Shema. And this is clearly in Deuteronomy. He is given, on a, and this is, of course, Deuteronomy. It's a second repeat of the law before they went into, uh, into Israel. Moses writes this down. He says, remember, he's been given the law. Hear, O Israel, Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love your Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your might. This is something that you have to do. Love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. You have to. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. That means in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall take them, uh, talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and rise up. That's all consuming. We're, he's saying we're commanded to do this. Know the Lord. That's the key thing. Andre was gracious enough to, to give me his input on his. You, we all know Andre. He's been here since uh, 2010, Andre and Jan. You are all familiar with all of his progressions that's happened over the years. And still, there's an air of joy that you feel when, when you talk with both of them when they come into the room. And Andre has struggled with debilitating pain for years, and Jan has been by her side walking this walk with him. And the doctors have yet to find out any resolution to finally have some kind of cure for this illness. It just keeps on going. So it was interesting that I said, okay, in all this pain and strife, he gave me insights into how he maintains his life of joy. He said, read. Study, listen, pray, and meditate on the word. That is what he does. That is the key thing he is. He then finds the peace in knowing God. The peace that is beyond all understanding is in the hearts that he's suffering. He also has a scriptural passage that he said. He mentioned it. He says, this one I really read. He does all of verse, uh, uh, all of Psalm 91, but I'm only going to give you a couple of portions of it, because I think this is showing you how when you live in the, 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 in the word, you become the word. Uh, he, who he who dwells, 
in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the, uh, the, in the shadows of the Almighty. Is that the one? Yes. And then it goes, uh, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress is my God, in whom I trust. This is powerful. This brings him up because he's choosing joy. And the only way, when you know God, you choose joy. Yet, here we go with life. Gets in the way, keeping, keeping all of this confuses us. All of a sudden we get this doubts. We have fears. We have insecurities. We have all these things pounding on us. You know, I want to be joyful, but I can't because of this. I want to be joyful. Because, and, and you get all wrapped up. The only thing is, James is one of those books where he doesn't look like it's a big letter, but boy, he smacks you between the eyes on every verse that he writes. And he says this. He goes, all right. You got to be ready for this one. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It produces something, steadfastness. And let steadfast have its full effect that you may be perfect and compromised and complete, lacking in nothing. This is James. He's talking to the dispersion that left out of Jerusalem, and they wanted a great persecution in the early uh, century. And he's saying, count it all joy. And the suffering is real. We have suffering. We, may not, not, we have sufferings of various kinds. That should not get in the way to really focus on the fact that we must count it all joy. Not that we ignore it, but as Bob had said last week, live in the present. Don't think the past, don't think the future. Live in the present. Count it all joy. So with that, also most, most people, some people may know, others may not know. Ted Brewer, who was our interim pastor before Pastor Steve. Uh, Ted is a... Uh, you could tell joy when he walks through the door, too, you know? He just exudes it. And uh, his wife, Ruth, was such a sweetheart as well. They were like uh, two peas in a pod. And, um, and he is, uh, he's no stranger to joy, because I asked him about his life specifically as well. I said, give me some comments from you on joy. And he's no stranger to loss. He did lose his wife when he moved out, when they moved out to California. So that was that loss. He's living with his uh, daughter in a back um, uh, granny flat, as they would say it in uh, South Africa, but it's an in-law building. And uh, so, but he has also pain. He's got degenerative back disease. He's got scoliosis. It continues to pain. He's in his, in his set 80s and that slows him down. And then now he has gotten cancer. And so he's dealing with that. I remember calling him up when he found out about cancer, and he says, ah, oh, the Lord has got another thing that he's teaching me. <laughs> um, now that's joy. That's a choice. That's a definite choice. So, um, 
<clears throat> so when I asked him, uh, he, he pretty much said his gaining the pursuing of joy developed in him a grat an attitude of gratitude and thankfulness. That is what joy can do for you. It's almost automatic. It, not automatic, but it, it's one of those aspects that you can develop. So I went and he, uh, he reminds us of the promises that he had. And one of the promises he, he quoted, which is not here right now, but it will be on the handout that I left, is uh, 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4, which is, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who is called, uh, who's, uh, the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. That's what he claims. And then he grabs on to this verse, he said, that really has been helpful to him. Um, and I will ask you to take a look at the order in this one, one uh, verse. It reads, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They wear weary. They will walk and not faint. Isn't that interesting? We would think crawl, walk, run, and fly. But no, God switches the order around. And he made a very interesting point. He grabs on to the fact that it is because of the Holy Spirit that Ted can mount up with wings like eagles. Because when he can't walk, he can't run, he is holding on to that promise. And things work out. He lives in the present. The next we have is striving, because he's striving for joy. That's the key for it. Develops the understanding of commitment. When we are content, the true love of grace and truth can continue to encourage our joy. That is a fact. Now, I love our next person. Liz Miner also responded to my request. And of course, you know, Liz is gracious to share her striving for joy. And uh, I, I just, every time I see, uh, every time I see Liz, it's just like I wanna, she lights up the room when I'm in. I'm not sure if anybody else sees it, but you know, she has that joy in her. And um, uh, she displays joy, strength, and confidence. And she, she said her result of joy uh, is in the Lord because she knows the heart of Scripture, because she is reading in Scripture. She leans upon it. The word, she was thinking, and she came up uh, with the word when she woke up the other, the other night. She had blessed assurance. That is the key. Blessed assurance. That's the joy. You see the song. I've heard the song. We've sung the song, but never really said blessed assurance is joy. And she knows, because you can, you can tell that her innermost, her character is one that rejoices and that salvation is assured. 
and nothing can take it away. And that's contentment. And Liz comes to us, for, and, and she's been around for, we haven't met her, we just met her, but we all have struggles. And it's a joy to have somebody in the congregation that expresses joy. Now, I also put, for, we always, when the thing of joy comes up, they always talk Philippians 4, all right? But let me have it. For I have learned in whatever situation I am content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need. I can do all things through, through him who strengthens me. That is contentment. Are we really content with what we have? Are we really content in abundance? Can we be content in little need? This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he, again, as we read scriptures, he ran the gamut. And he was, he was uh, up and down, hungry, shipwrecked three times, if you read Acts. Uh, that's not very pleasant. But he maintained his joy. And that's the, that's the whole point of maintaining our joy, is contentment, is pursuing, is gratefulness is thankfulness. Uh, get our promises. Claim our promises. We, if you ever need anything, if you need to get into scripture, um, there was one gentleman I, I know, and he's a, he, you would, he decided years ago that I'm not going to get out of bed without reading one, at least one line of scripture. And to this day, he still gets up and reads at least one line, probably more, but he meditates on it all day. That's knowing God. That's seeking joy. The other thing we talked last week on getting things for a regular prayer study, reading other prayers, the Valley of Vision, there's some other ones that similar to that. We have, uh, we have the regular um, uh, uh, bread, daily bread we have, that's there. Heck, the big one, they always say, you want wisdom? Proverbs. 31 Proverbs. Read one a day. And keep on reading one a day. You don't have to be embarrassed if you missed a day, because whatever day you wake up, you'll look at the number and you'll read it. These are techniques that help us build our strength and our joy. Joy has developed, and that is what we are called to. And not only what we call it, you look at scripture, look at the revelation. Look at revelation. They're praising God. There's joy all the way around. And when you get to uh, James, he says, consider it all joy, no matter what your circumstances. So that is a choice. Key thing is a choice. And to kind of wrap up some of these things here would be that 
know God and know the word. Pretty much that's the, um, that's what we have. Our joy is in God who created joy and us for, to live forever. We were created to live with God forever. Not regretfully, not all shucks, I missed the boat. No, rejoice with God. He built us and made us for joy. And he has given us each a task. Our joy and how we go about it is different from whoever sits next to you. We are individuals. He clearly did it. Some people, oh, I can't be that happy. No, no, it's a choice. And granted, you're not going to be like Paul, who ends up being shipwrecked three times and stuff. I'm joyful. But he truly was. All right. But joy is the one thing that we have to focus on. Because what does it do? It develops confidence. It develops patience, for sure. <laughs> it develops our very being in the word, the appreciation for the word. And as it goes along, it builds our character. It becomes part of us. Because I know joy is part of Andre, part of Ted, and part of Liz. Because they have developed that in their innermost. So concluding, know God. Second, choose an attitude of joy. All right? Again, Philippians 4, rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone, and let, and the Lord is at hand. Okay? Rejoice. Now, I, I took my, my entire, my life verse, and that's why most of you who write to me know that you write to me at rejoice underscore always. Now, the reason I picked that is because I can't write anything unholy or unchristian or negative under the title of Joseph Always. <laughs> it's, a, it's a signpost, it's a memorial for me to remember to keep on striving. I'm not perfect, but it's that memorial in front of me. Then we have strive and claim promises. And again, out of uh, 2 Peter 1, 4a because you're precious and great promises, so through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature. Number four, be content in joy. And that's out of 1 Timothy. Be content. But godliness with contentment is great gain, Paul says. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. That's our heart. This whole thing, God wants our heart, and joy is in that heart. And the fifth one I have here is love the word. Now, I was going to, um, to list the entire... Uh, Psalm of 119, but I would wanted to spare you from 176 verses. So uh, I just picked out a few. But the entire book of, the, of Psalms, that particular chapter, is all about the Word of God. Read it. I mean, I, we did it in a, a men's group at another location I had gone to. And uh, 
it is about the preciousness of the word and the value of it. And out of uh, Psalm 119, I pulled just two verses, some that you've heard quite often, but it is, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Now we strive and persevere in this choice of joy. No backing out. There will be challenges ahead of, ahead of me. <laughs> I'm not looking to the future. I'm looking to the present. When I come across that, I will deal with myself with a focus on joy. And everything it brings with me, my patience, my confidence in the word, my love of God, everything follows in that word. I choose my life verse because of that, as I explained, because it's a signpost. But what I want you also to do, take a look at joy. You can just run a word study on joy. Believe me, joy is all over the Bible, but it's all in different areas. But he calls us for joy. Establish your signpost. Establish your verse or verses that you can look at and challenge yourself to continue in this love of joy, this desire to be at joy. So to remind God, you can take and honor, so we can take him and honor God in our attitude, our commitment, and be a light in the world. As, as we have mentioned, we are growing, we, this church, is a light in New Hope Chapel, but we have to be active in it. We have to express. Bob presented ideas last week on it. I present again, be content, be joyful. That is contagious. And now, as we go forth, I want you to strive in establishing your joy in the Lord. Thanks. Thank you. I'm on.